Welcome to the practice of being seen. I'm your host, Rebecca Wong, relationship therapist and founder of Connectfulness. I believe that when you truly see yourself, you create a ripple effect that allows you to be the change you wish to see in the world. And that invites everyone around you to do the same. In these curated discussions, I invite you to make space to see yourself. But here's a little warning. The practice of being seen might lead to deeper intimacy, less fear, and more creative, bold action. Are you ready to deepen your practice and be seen? This week, I sat down with Lizzie Rusinko, lifelong status quo disruptor, hand lettering artist, and writer at This Unscripted Life, coach at Retreat Roadmap, and founder of The Brave Gatherers, a community for soulful, message-driven business owners who are ready to harness the power of intimate connection and make in-person events an integral part of their work. Lizzie believes that people everywhere are craving in-person connection, and retreats and workshops are an incredibly powerful way to elevate your voice, grow a flourishing community, and have your huge one-of-a-kind impact on this world. With a professional higher education background and 20 plus years of experience in successful heart-centered event planning, she is obsessed with holding space for the message-bearing facilitators of brave conversations around topics such as wellness, self-care, social justice, inclusive leadership, creative sisterhood, body positivity, and sacred living. Her one-on-one group and DIY programs give you a simple framework for creating meaningful and profitable retreats and workshops, cultivating long-lasting connection to your work, satisfying the cravings of your community, and inspiring the confidence to carve out a unique space for your business and live event landscape. When people gather together in in in-person spaces, magic happens in a way that can't happen in online spaces. Although these gatherings can take many forms, the thing that unites them is the energy that everybody feels when they're there. Whether you're somebody who holds amazing gatherings or you're somebody who just loves to attend them, I really believe that this conversation with Lizzie is an important one for us to be having. I adore Lizzie, and I really feel that she is such a creative, brave change maker in our world and the in-person gatherings that she inspires so many to hold themselves is exactly what I think this world needs more of. So without further ado, here's the show. Lizzie, I am so deliciously excited to talk to you today. Yay, I love that word. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of my faves. Thank you. I'm so excited to talk to you. Oh my God. I feel like you're with me like every day. I don't know if you realize that, but through your like, so so you have like a few different businesses, a few different things you do. I do. And one of them is this unscripted life and you create this beautiful flowy hand lettered artwork. And I have pieces of yours in my office. And my favorite one is right by my door where my clients walk in, mm-hmm. which is a big sliding glass. It's a big sliding glass door. So like yeah. you have this view of the outside right next to it, like the entire time. Mm-hmm. And it's right above my little station where I serve tea and water and stuff like that. So it's a place where people go mm-hmm. and it says, slow the fuck down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I point to it often in my sessions. Like it's my motto. It's my reminder. It's my, Hey clients, slow the fuck down. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I you, you embody that. my office yes. and I just wanted to let you know that like, I feel like you're here with me all the time and now we get to talk. Awesome. Thank you so much. I love that. I love that. Um, so just a quick, the, the, that piece, actually, we were, I was, I was with my husband and a, another couple, we were in our living room and we were just sort of jamming on like life and like the meaning. And we were, we probably were like four glasses of wine in, I don't even know. And we were just, we were getting really deep and all of a sudden um, I'm like, uh, my, well, my husband and I in particular were like back and forth. We're like, 
What is the secret? The secret is slow the fuck down. Yeah, it's not just slow down. You need the fuck in there. Slow the fuck down. Like, (laughs) like breathe, watch, feel, take it in. Like all of it. Look, see, Um, sense all of the senses. Just let them let them unfold. Yeah, and so it's funny because that's really it's a motto for us too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in our, in our daily lives. So yeah. I, I love that you have that in your office. It just, that lights up my heart. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It's been, it's been with me for, I don't know, like three years now. And it's, oh, it's I definitely like, it's one of the pieces that will probably never leave, although it might need a really special new frame one day. Yeah. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you for sharing that with me. Yeah. Thank you for being in my space like that, yeah. for bringing your artwork And, you know, I think one of the other, there's so many things I love about you and I have had the pleasure of knowing you in a few different ways. I wish you could see my face right now. Yeah. (laughs) Just because I I I could too. I'm like lighting up the room with like a big smile. Oh, it's mutual. I'm like ear to ear. Like my my face is actually starting to hurt from smiling right now. (laughs) But one of the ways that I have gotten to know you is as a retreat leader. Yeah. You you have led retreats and you now help guide people into leading retreats. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have just, it's one of the ways I feel so blessed to know you. I've mm-hmm. been able to be a part of one of your retreats many years ago mm-hmm. and now sit with you and host my retreats and we, we get to sit and jam and talk about like, you know, all the pieces of that in different ways. And I, I'm just so so grateful for the work that you bring into the world on so many levels. Your work is beautiful. I mean, literally beautiful to look at and also beautiful to experience. And there's a depth and meaning behind it. Thank you so much. That's a beautiful compliment, especially coming from someone like you, um, who's, you know, well, I told you earlier, but whose work I, I am so incredibly inspired by, um, yeah, so I um doing doing this retreat work, doing this gathering work is something I honestly I realized that I've been doing most of my life. Um and uh you know have have kind of like What do you mean like tea parties in your bedroom kind of thing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so most of my life meaning so I've always been a mo- movement maker. And mm-hmm. a, a disruptor, um, you know, so when I was in high school, I was a zine creator and um, I often did like anonymous zines that I would paste and put together, you know, in my, it cut up and paste and put together in my basement and like photocopy on my dad's photocopy machine um, and just kind of like spread around the school just to kind of put my messages out there of Um, you know, we don't have to sort of follow anyone else's path and, um, you know, what, what are we wasting our time doing such and such with, or why is everybody give a shit what they're wearing, you know, to the prom or whatever. And by the way, I wore, um, I wore angel wings and, and devil horns. And I, of course you did. That makes so much sense. You're the everything, the both. Um, but yeah, totally. Um, embodying, you know, the wholeness of us and in a, in a very literal and artistic way. Um, but yeah, so, you know, um, I would say in, in high school we had, um, uh, so that there was construction going on in one of, in our auditorium and people were getting sick and it was like, Oh, well, you know, it just is, it's not, you know, all this bronchitis is, it just is. And so I, and a couple other people actually, um, uh, organized a walkout and shut down my 5,000 person high school for a week while they were ended up shutting down my 5,000 person high school for a week while they, um, completely stopped construction and resumed in the summer when there weren't going to be people in the building. Okay. So this like just really sets a tone of who you are and how you embody life, which I totally love because one of the things that like I have really gotten to know about you is that we can be bold change makers in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, yes, 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 yes. And so 
Right. So that was one of my first experiences of like, oh my goodness, like I, I can, I can have a voice. You have power. You can organize things. Yeah. I can make a bunch of phone calls and get people riled up and like bring paper for signs. And I can, I can have over 5,000 people leave a building and, 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 and take them down broad street to the superintendent's office and sit in a meeting with, you know, um, superintendent and directors and, and everybody. And they, they, they will, they will then react to, to the power of the freaking people saying like, we're not okay with the number of people of bronchitis. We're not okay with, you know, our pregnant teacher not being able to breathe. Like, um, and so that it was, it was such a powerful experience for me and foundational for me. Um, And it didn't stop there. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) not at all. So I, um, I have always, I guess, been sensitive to, um, injustice. And what's interesting is I, I never even put myself, I never really connected myself with that word until I was in college. I was an RA, um, and we were having discussions about like staff placement and who, who our staff was going to be and da, 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 da. And I felt very strongly that my staff needed to reflect my community. And I didn't feel as though I had, um, uh, you know, a a diverse enough staff for my community. And I fought tooth and nail on this issue. And I remember this super fierce, like feminist, um, uh, like social justice woman coming up to me and being like, Lizzie, I just have to tell you that I don't know if you realize that one of your deepest values in this life is justice. And I was mm. like, oh, I, I don't know that I did ever really like take that word and, and um, recognize it as such a huge part of my value system. What is that? So, so I have like three questions in my yeah. head and I'm trying to like <laughs> slow down to ask them all. Um, because the first thing I wanted to say is like, well, what does that word justice mean to you? And then I mm. wanted to slow down and say, okay, wait, you like meditate on words. Like this is part of your art mm-hmm. and it's, it's how you like sit with something, mm-hmm. which I think is like a whole nother part of this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So, There's so many layers to this conversation, <laughs> which is what I love about it. Right. <laughs> yes. But so, so I'm kind of sitting with like my knowledge of you and mm-hmm. how I know for you that hand lettering is something that you're self taught in. And it's also your meditation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You absolutely. sit, you sit with letters, you sit with words. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking about that and I'm thinking like, okay, I want to know what justice means to you, but I also have this sense that you have sat with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so one of the, like one of the ways that I have experienced life is journaling. Um, And so I have probably at this point, like a hundred and maybe 60 or so journals um, that I started writing really as soon as I could form letters so I have little books um, where I still thought that I had to write, or I didn't understand how to space <laughs> how to space words. So I would put a dash in between words. So that my I kids could see do that. that. They were separate, really. I love. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> okay, so this is around when I started journaling. Um, love it. Yeah, and that became and still is so central to how I function is, um, is actually putting pen to paper, um, actually physically expressing myself on paper through words and often it not even being, you know, not being like word after word after word, but like one word and, or, or, you know, and, and doing interesting things with those words and, um, lists and just exploration explorations of like the shape of letters um and how the shapes of letters change how I feel about a word um and so you know I I've been doing that for I, 30 plus years um and a few years ago 
uh, I, I had never, I, I, I wasn't sharing any of it because it felt like, um, I don't know. I just have sort of always these feelings of like, not my, whatever I make or do is not really good enough or w- like worthy of being shared with the world. Wait, you um, have those feelings? <laughs> oh my God. That- <laughs> I have those feelings. <laughs> oh my god, please. It's like my oh, oh god. Uh, daily struggle. Oh my god. I think it's a human struggle. I don't think it's it just is. us. It is. I think it is a human struggle. Um and you know, so knowing I so I didn't know that what hand lettering was. I didn't even know it was a thing. I knew there was calligraphy, I knew there was graffiti, I knew there was um you know, typeface. Like I knew there was a variety of ways of making words, but I always thought the way that I did them was was just kind of weird. And even though I appreciated it in and of myself, like my weirdness, it wasn't really something that I wanted to share with anybody or thought that anyone else would appreciate. Um, And so a few years ago- You hadn't met me yet though. I know I hadn't, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So, I mean, long story short, long story longer, um, I, you know, I was pregnant with my first child. I left my long-standing career in student affairs and higher education. I lost my father all within like a four-month period. <sighs> um, and that sort of spun me into a place of really like F this. Like I, this is, this is my one life as, as, as I know it to, um, to just be who I am and share what I am. And it's funny because, you know, you, you'd look back at me and, and sort of the trajectory of my life. And I spent probably 12 or 13 years with like flaming green or blue or red hair. Um, and so you wouldn't think that I would ever say like, I'm not, um, following my, uh, or I'm not being authentic to myself or I'm not following my true path, but because I always have been, but I, I knew there was more and I knew there were things that I was hiding and things I wasn't sharing. Um, and there continue to be things that I'm hiding and not sharing and, and maybe feel shame around. Um, but at that moment it was, I make these, I express myself through words, I express myself through letters, and I'm not sharing it. And so that night, it was it was um, late November, a few, three years ago, I, three years ago, what am I saying? Five years it's ago. More than that. And, yes, five years ago, <laughs> sorry. And um, I said to myself, like, this is it, I have to share this. And so I took a photograph of the most recent thing that I had done, which was, I just, it was a little doodle on a piece of paper. Um, it said, uh, it was white, white ink on blue paper. And it said, she believed she could, so she did. Which is something, you know, we see all over the place. Mm-hmm. And, but it really felt like it embodied, I, for some reason I just did, it was like a nap time drawing that I did. And I was like, yeah, I'm sharing this. Just to pause, nap time, meaning your kids were napping. Oh, yes. Sorry. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I was, it was my, my, uh, let me think, my few month old daughter. Um, Yeah. So, um, and I, um, I I was like, this, this just has, this has to happen. And so I shared it and all of a sudden my, I shared it on Facebook and all of a sudden my Facebook was sort of flooded with people. Can I buy that? Can I buy that? Oh, I want to buy that too. I want to buy that. I want to buy that. I was like, what? What do you mean? What do you mean you want to buy that? Uh, because I didn't even have any understanding like how to turn that piece of paper into something that could even be purchased. Right. And then I also, you know, my other thought was, this was just something you were doing for you. This was yeah. your own form of expression. Yes, there was like no intention of creating, you know, hand lettering studio around this, um, around myself, and it just sort of took off from there. Um, and so I sold, you know, I, I I connected with a mentor who took me under her wing and taught me about, you know, printing and about um, preparing files to be to be printed and how to do cards and how to do art prints and, you know, all the different decisions. Um, and, and that was that. <laughs> and then just kept making them. And, and then people kept saying, Oh, I want that one too. And I would 
say, okay, cool. I'll, I'll figure that one out. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, there were so many pieces for you to figure out, but simultaneously while you were doing this, you were yes. doing other things too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, my, my journey is, is messy, but I, I like messy journeys. I find that they're, they're so much more real. <laughs> yeah. Messy, complicated. Um, you know, I'm multi-passionate like so many of us. I have so many things that I am excited about and that I'm, you know, dare I say good at. Um, damn. Yeah. (laughs) And it's hard to, you know, to focus in and say, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be doing this, this, and this. Um, however I have over the last few years, as I've dabbled post career in creating my own businesses, I have been able to really, um, distill my message and distill my purpose into, um, a really focused area now, which I'm incredibly excited about. Okay. Let's go um, there. Let's yeah. About it. Okay. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> what do you feel that your purpose is now? Well, um, so I am, I am, dare I say obsessed with, um, that would be a good word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with, um, empowering, helping, guiding, mentoring, um, leading the way, way showing for message driven, soulful business owners, or well, I'll say business owners who want to make intimate in-person gatherings a part of their, um, a part of what they offer in their business. Um, I, I see so many people having brave conversations in their businesses. Their, their businesses are not about, um, for so many of us that our businesses are not just about, you know, paying the bills They're because there's a message inside of us that is like that fire in our belly that just burns and we need to, to share what it is that we have to say, whether it is, you know, related to the stories that we've seen, the story that we are, um, the stories we tell ourselves. Yes. And, and, you know, there are so many people who want to make in-person gatherings a part of how they reach people. And what I've really, how I got to all of this was, I started, so, I mean, we said earlier, right? I've been gathering my whole life. My first women's weekend that I planned was in college, my second year of college in, um, huh? no, my first year of college, sorry. In 1997, I planned our um, annual women's conference at Douglas College at Rutgers University. And so that was my first like sort of three-day women's weekend. And that was 20 years ago. You started and- with a three-day? <laughs> That was your start? Okay. I know. And what's funny is now I am obsessed with telling people, start with one day. Like, don't overwhelm yourself. Don't get complicated. You do not need to go to Bali or, you know, uh, the Rocky Mountains or a cabin in, you know, uh, Peru. Like, you can plan transformative, powerful um, life-changing in-person retreats and workshops in one day yeah. where you are yeah, with people who are in proximity to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't get me wrong. Like I'm, I, I, I love the idea of, you know, taking people all over the world. And I love the idea of expanding, um, into other spaces, but I also think that that can be a place where people get caught up and where they stop, where they feel like they're not good enough or where they feel like they're not experienced enough or they don't have a big enough name or, um, you know, all of these, all of these things that roadblocks that, that people put in, in their way. I just, and- I want to just like scream. Yes. Like I've <laughs> in, in the, I'll just share this with, with yeah. our listeners is that, um, I, uh, in less than the past year and like the past, um, 
Well, last March, I think it was, I mm-hmm. held a retreat in my home. Mm-hmm. And then in August, I held a local retreat that was less than an hour from my home mm-hmm. um, at a beautiful retreat center. But these, you know, I don't have to go far to have, uh-huh. offer these amazing experiences. Like literally one of them was in my home. I cooked half the food. Mm-hmm. It, You can have these these kind of amazing events without without having to go anywhere for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. the ma- and, and I think that's the thing. Like we, we think like magic is somewhere else. The, that like there's a sacredness of other places. And, you know, we, we are the magic, you know. We are. Um, yeah. We, so um, uh, there, there's, you know, there's this uh, understanding of certain places having vibrational energy, right? And, you know, one of the things over the last year that my husband and I have been saying to ourselves is we carry the vibration. Just say that again. <laughs> we carry the vibration. And to me, that is so guiding in all of this because, you know, what do we need? We need, um, uh, we need a, a place we need to tell our people, to tell our community. And then we need to bring our heart, bring our message, bring our vibration and create that together there. You know, we, we do not need to, to go off to, um, anywhere else. We need to be where we are in ourselves and bring that to the people who need us um, and whose lives can be transformed by that in-person connection with us and with others. So interesting. The thing that is resonating for me right now, the the voice that I'm hearing as you're speaking, like that there's this little voice inside of me that's just screaming and saying, because we are good enough. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 And, and so what's interesting is so much of this work that I'm doing, a lot of it is, you know, um, and reminding people that logistically you can do it. And if you feel like you're overwhelmed by that, I can help you. The logistics, um, are, you know, they can be a pain in the butt, but they're, they're totally doable. And once you have the logistics down, then you have a model from which you can go each time. And then all you have to worry about is bringing you, bringing that heart, bringing that message, bringing that energy, bringing that vibration, um, you know, taking people on a journey um, and and knowing showing up that for it. You're showing up and knowing that you're good enough Um yeah, I mean, like I like I said earlier, um, I think so many people are are called, feel like that that calling to gather people in person, and it's the you know not big enough, not good enough, not knowledgeable enough, not you know what would I do with people for that long? How would I this? Da, da, da. And those are all just roadblocks to um, to stop ourselves, and and p- people are. People are needlessly missing out on the things that we could offer them if we said yes. Let's talk for a minute about why we need these in-person gatherings in this era mm. of information and technology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a firm believer we need to get uh, – I love the internet, okay? I love the fact that it connects – us globally in ways that, um, well, at least it connects us globally to others who are privileged, privileged enough to have access to it. Um, thank you for adding in the privilege. I think it's important. We recognize that totally because when people talk about, you know, Oh, we're all connected in this global. Well, no, actually, no, we're not <laughs> because, um, you know, it, yes, it is a privilege to have access to, uh, free internet, um, or, or the internet in general. Um, and you know, so that's, yeah, that's Mm -hmm. a a whole other conversation. Rebecca, I love the internet and I'm so grateful to it for who it's connected me to and how it allows me to reach people. But, um, especially right now, more than ever, 
so I, I, w- I was in student affairs in higher ed and people are losing, the students are losing the ability to have in-person conversations, to mm. connect energetically with others, to, um, and that's where the magic is, right? The magic is, isn't in, uh, you know, Facebook threads where like people are, you know, just sort of sharing what they have to share and boldly, um, you know, and without, um, uh, consequences, battling it out, um, a whole other possibility of connection and support is possible in physical spaces. Um, you know, a lot of this for me started around my motherhood journey. So I, you know, I'm a very social person. I love being around other people. It gives me, it gives me energy. It inspires me. And I also need a lot of my alone time. Let's be honest. (laughs) I'm an ENFP. Um, so I'm, I guess the most introverted of extroverts. (laughs) is is my understanding of us. Um, but so, but anyway, so I, I, I thrive on that connection and community. My final position was assistant director in residential life at Temple University. I was responsible for leadership initiatives, um, diversity and social justice initiatives, crisis response, and upper class experience. And what is all of that about? But community building, you know, it's about figuring out like how to help people, how to help people feel connected to each other and how to help people feel connected to the institution and the, you know, the, the mission of the institution. Um, and so when I left that career in community building, essentially, and oh, and I was, I was also um, part-time faculty in women's and gender studies. But so when I left that career, I, and became a mom, you know, I didn't know any other moms. I was alone, you know, a few hours from my family in Philadelphia. Um, We're from North Jersey. And um, I realized that I was going to need, I was going to have to find new community and I was going to build that community because that's, you know, what I know how to do. And so I got into a amazing play group actually with a few other moms that was very regular and very, it ended up being a very safe, comfortable, open space. We all had sort of different perspectives and journeys, but it, um, it was just, it was one of those little groups of people that um, it really worked. And one of the women that I met there we decided to start, she had, she had some background in event planning. And, and so we decided to, to start an organization called Inspired Family, Mindful Parenting. And it was a community and conference series. So the first conference we did, <laughs> this is the first, this is when mm-hmm. I had a, a, this is the first year of my daughter's life. We, uh, so the first conference we you did. You went big. We did. We did. We had over 45 expert sessions in four different tracks. Um, we had a vendor hall of about 50 vendors. So Carla Nelberg was our keynote speaker and, you know, we had over 300 people in attendance. It was an incredibly successful and exciting event. Delicious. And how the heck did you pull that off for your first event? <laughs> you know, well, because it was part of what I did in my in my work. You know, I, I planned these, you know, couple week long summits for all of the professionals in student affairs at Temple. And I did, you know, the inclusive leadership conference, which I think we had I don't know, 700 or so people. And so I was I was used to planning um, these larger scale e- events. But I was also used to planning smaller trainings and, you know, international service experiences. I used to take a group of students to Costa Rica and, you know, just just staff meetings of four or five people or trainings with, you know, 10 people. And so through this journey of doing this huge conference, I actually am sitting here looking at it. But I afterwards were in the throes of planning the second one. And the woman that I was working with um, decided that she didn't want to continue doing that work anymore. Mm-hmm. And I had already started this unscripted life and was doing my hand lettering. And this was a, this was sort of the other piece for me was, yeah. you know, it, this, it, this was the physical in-person connection community 
way to, to express my purpose. And so I knew though that I could not pull off that level of event as just me. Um, and still feel, still feel good about my relationship with my husband, my relationship with my children. Or actually I was pregnant at the time with my second. You do, um, you do know that you're like calling my own story into this, right? Like I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling a lot of resonance with your story. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I just, I knew that I, I just felt that I couldn't, couldn't do it on yeah. my own. Yeah. And so I vision boarded, you know, what do we do? What do we do when we're unsure? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we go back to the vision. Yes. We go back to the vision. And so the center of my vision board is my, one of my first, she believed she could. So she did prints and then it sort of pedals out. And the one pedal is this unscripted life and inspired family. And under this unscripted life, I wrote, let your faith be stronger than your fear just continue to basically just continue to do that work. That is so holding. Mm. Let your faith be stronger than your fear. Mm -hmm. I mean, for all of us, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and dear listeners, like I'm, I'm really talking to you, but for all of us, we, we all have these moments of, I'm not good enough. I'm so Mm -hmm. afraid of, I'm Mm going to fail. I can't, I, you know, go on and on and on about all the mm-hmm. reasons why we put up obstacles. Mm-hmm. But when your faith is stronger than your fear, mm-hmm. well, like that just takes all those obstacles down, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or at least gives you a place to, of holding of yourself. Hold, yeah. To come holding. back to, to say, yeah. Okay. You know, one of the, my other favorite mantras of late is, um, do you, do you like Lisa Nichols? Do you follow her? I don't know who she is. Oh, I love her. Oh, you would love her. She's so good. But one of her things is leap afraid. And, and just sort of that knowing of the fear may never go away. I don't think fear is supposed to go away. I I feel, (laughs) I, I, I feel really strongly about this, but I feel that fear guides us it's it's part of the directionality of our lives when we Mm -hmm. are on that edge of fear it's probably telling us that we're on the edge of greatness yep yeah you know you you can't have one without the other absolutely um and so that was sort of you know that was where i held myself with this unscripted life and with inspired family i wrote deep meaningful smart inclusive intimate thoughtful, um, brave. And the other piece I have is be brave enough to start conversations that matter. (sighs) And so that is, it's funny, but that is actually, that was the third quote I ever shared on my, um, this unscripted life Instagram account, be brave enough to start conversations that matter. And I mean, it's another guiding. Is that a you quote or is that somebody else? No, um, it is not. And I am going to find out for you who it is because I right now don't remember. Um, Wheatley, it's Martha Wheatley. Martha Wheatley. I just quoted her earlier today. She also says, um, you can't hate somebody whose story you know. Yes, I love that. Oh, my gosh, I love that. Um, I'm pretty sure it is. Yep, it is. It's Margaret. It's Margaret. Sorry, Margaret Wheatley. Margaret Wheatley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So be brave enough to start a conversation that matters. And you know, I've never been one to talk, to really enjoy talking about what I you know. And 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 this is oh. so. Uh, so I grew up without television. I grew up with a, in a household that was very much about, you know, either you read or you play. Make something, draw something, build something, read something, but you're not watching television. Um, and so I, I, I mean, my father was a glass artist. My mom was an educator. And so I, I just grew up with this sort of um, perspective of, um, a conversation matters mm-hmm. and communicating about 
things that are, are important matters or deep or beautiful or interesting or, and, and just a love of talking about things that matter. And when I say that, you know, it's, um, it's the, the juiciest, deepest, you know, most, um, raw, interesting. It's it's the stuff that gets underneath your skin and makes you feel alive. Yes. Yes. Um, and, and we, we started talking about this earlier, but there are so many people who are starting these brave conversations, whether it is about, um, you know, the, the way that we treat our bodies, um, with nutrition, fitness, um, whether it's about self-care and, you know, mothers needing to know that it is okay to take care of themselves, that it is a must that they take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether it is, uh, conversations around racial justice or, you know, inclusive culturally conscious leadership or, how we can use creativity to um, to deepen to deepen our lives and our our um, our presence. Um, you know, there's so- no way that we can be actionable in our lives without being creative, though. You know, like I, I think that that is mm-hmm. everything that you have described in your own journey that you have made, produced, achieved. The ways you've brought people together. These are all creative actions that you have mm-hmm. taken. Mm-hmm. The, the creation and the action are one and the same. Mm-hmm. And, and which is why, honestly, I finally allowed myself to call myself an artist mm. because because I am. Everything I do is, 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 is creative work. And I venture to, 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 to guess that that if most of us actually paused and looked at ourselves, like we are creators, we are artists in this life mm-hmm. and allow ourselves to be that. Um, there, when, there's an interview I, I did recently with um, mm-hmm. Jeffrey Davis and we were t- he calls everybody business artists. Mm-hmm. Yes. Know? And he talks mm-hmm. about this journey mm-hmm. of tracking wonder. You know, mm-hmm. that um, so much of what we do in business and in life is we want to find that awe-inspired place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Recently, we over the last few months, actually, we just moved from my, my husband, my two young children, they're three and five, um, and, um, and I, we just moved from the East Coast to the West Coast. So we were in just outside of Philadelphia, and now we're in um, Northern California. And um, we don't know anybody out here. We don't have family out here. My husband got a really interesting career opportunity, and we decided it was time for a family adventure. And in our um, vision board, because <laughs> of course we did a vision board for you have what like we- walls of vision boards, don't you? <laughs> You have like a whole room full of vision boards. Well, I have one, two, three, four. I have a, yes, I do. Okay. Sorry. I I, just, I was I joking. Love. You're for real. <laughs> I am. Well, actually it's funny right now. I'm looking, I'm in my office and on one side I have my Brave Gatherers um, vision board. And on the other, I have my This Unscripted Life vision board. And then behind me, I have just sort of my wall of inspiration, but so to go back to the California Vision Board, the center of it was a piece that I did a while ago. It's a Henry Miller quote. It says, to make living itself an art, that is the goal. Mm-hmm. And that has been, you know, a- another sort of guiding bit of words for us, to make living itself an art um, during this transition from coast to coast during our, you know, finding of new community and, um, you know, uh, carving out a space for ourselves to live and to play and to work and to enjoy, um, that it is all a work of art, you know, that parenting, that our relationship, that our interaction with, um, you know, the natural world here, that it is our art. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know? So, so yeah, I mean, we're, we are all sort of artists. We are all creators. And, um, I believe in that the power of in-person energy as a part of our creation, Mm. um, can we talk for a minute about the power that comes from those in-person gatherings? I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. I know that I've experienced it on multiple levels. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the first retreats that I had the privilege of facilitating a piece of at was one of your retreats, mm-hmm. um, the Mindful Mama retreat. Mm-hmm. And that was what, like three, four years ago? I can't remember when it was. Mm-hmm. It was a while ago. It was a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um And then I have been leading some of my own retreats since then. Mm -hmm. And these are powerful experiences Mm -hmm. of gathering people together. Can you talk a little bit? I know this is, this is your passion now. This is Mm -hmm. what you do. You guide and mentor others in holding gatherings of their own. So what are you finding are the biggest takeaways that people are having in their retreats? Hmm. Um, well, I think one is that people, once they've finished their first one and they are, um, they realize what it can be and, uh, I guess walk away with on that high, on that connection high, there's almost like, a, okay, when can I plan my next one? Because this is amazing and I need to do this again. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, there's, uh, I've seen a deeper connection between, um, between not, cause we, we, so we have a Facebook community for our, um, every time we have a retreat, uh, specifically when I partner with, um, my colleague, Sheila Pye of a living family, we have a Facebook community where everyone is sort of, um, placed into, and that continues to grow each time we have a retreat. Um, and the off um, the the offline connections that continue to grow and flourish um, is an, is is incredible to watch. Um, and and so they obviously we utilize again we utilize technology to stay in com- like communication regularly. But then there is that ability to um, also regularly connect in person to people that, um, they never would have connected with. And, um, you know, having become a safe container for multiple people to, uh, um, unfold into divorce, um, in, you know, losing of family members, children, um, having new babies, welcoming new babies, moving, and and being able to always come back to this group of people that they mm. went on this journey with because it's the place they feel safest. Yeah. Like regularly someone says, I'm coming here because this is where I feel the most safe. Um, and that is from having this one day journey that they shared with these other women. It's a shared experience. It's an in-person shared experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and transformation. Yeah. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there's something that happens at these, at these gatherings, the ritual of them, the, um, you know, I'm, I'm struck just thinking that this is what our society in many ways is lacking is, communities gathering together mm-hmm. people Abs- holding I mean, each other absolutely. up you know like this this is the stuff that mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah 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 i mean we're you know we're 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 so separate and 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 but I, but there's this energy of not wanting to be anymore and that's what i that's what i'm excited about is you know there is this this desire to connect it's this this rising energy i think that that in many ways i think is women rising and saying like we don't we we don't need to um follow this old paradigm anymore 
this is old stuff. We're creating something new here. And in that creation of something new, a new way of being and communicating. And I, I believe that, that that in-person, in-personness is crucial. Um, you know, it, it's where we, it's where we find our, our deepest power and our deepest presence and our deepest connection. Um, you know, I also think, right. So, so there's all these amazing, like poetic ways to think about why this is important, but just to get even really practical about it. Um, you know, say you're, you are a, an online business owner who does transformative work, you know, transformative message driven work. Um, you know, I, I feel like I, I connect more, I will connect more deeply with someone who, um, also offers in-person experiences because I can see photographs of them interacting with people in person. I can know from that, that they value intimacy, that they value every single individual, that I'm not a number to them coming into their course or coming into their funnel or coming into their, you know, their webinar and filling up the room. I am a a human, I am a valued member of their, um, of their community, of their work. And I know that because they also offer in-person experiences and it takes something, it takes someone special to, to honor that and to do that. I love that. I, because it, it is so much, it's these in-person experiences, the amount of energy they take to pull off mm-hmm. the, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you could make a buck offering them, but that's not why I do them. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, it's really, it's a place to gather with my community and touch, touch each other mm-hmm. <laughs> deeply, like whether mm-hmm. it's an emotional or a hug, you know, mm-hmm. um, but there's there's something about these in-person experiences that just really let us know each other, to sense each other, to experience one another in a way that I don't think we could ever experience without being in the same room as. A hundred percent. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And, and just the transformations that I, for example, um, a woman who came to one of my retreats, um, she wasn't somebody that I knew or that, you know, my co, uh, facilitator knew or anyone else knew. And she didn't have any connections in the room. And, you know, she came in and sat in the corner and put her hair in her, in front of her face and was very closed off. I'm a, everyone who walks in the door, I give them a hug. You know, I know their name. I've handwritten it a billion times because, you know, we do all kinds of personalization and, and to me, you know, a, a guiding principle for me in the planning of my retreat experiences is that every single person feels and knows that they are valued, that we were waiting for them to come, that, that, the, that the day would be incomplete without them, that they're an essential part of that day and that journey and that experience. And I want them to feel that way from the moment they sign up till after they leave, mm. um, that, that, that there is a, that they, that there is a seat, a space for them and that I'm holding it, um, and that I'm welcoming them, um, and that they belong, they belong, that, that, that there's a sense of belonging. Um, and so it was, you know, it's on my heart to, to, um, bring her into the experience beyond just sort of physically being in the room. Right. Um, and we had a, um, you know, we had a, a session where we wrote a bit about um, the things that were holding us back, our limiting beliefs and experiences. And so we went outside to the fire pit to burn them. And one woman went and shared something, you know, incredibly traumatic about her life. And the woman that had been sitting in the corner and not said a word really, or looked at anybody, took her step forward and shared that she was connected to that woman's story, not just in her past, but more recently with Mm -hmm. a similar trauma. And they both 
actually all of us, I mean, there's 30, 30 of us, we're all, you know, bawling, burned their papers together, walked back hand in hand. And I have to tell you the rest of the day, <sighs> the woman who was in the corner with the, her hair in her face was talking to everybody and laughing and smiling and telling stories and all of a sudden came alive. Yeah. That's, um, that's the in-person experience. I mean, it was a shift that we literally watched, you know, oh my God. Mm. Mm -hmm. I love those shifts. I really do. Uh, yeah. And I'm, and I'm sure you have many stories of your own of, of, you know, people that you've worked with and experiences that you've had. Oh um, my God. I have yeah. for, for everybody that I have worked with, I have a story, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know, and right. I will, I will hold those stories in confidence, mm -hmm. but you know, they are, those moments are the moments that keep me wanting to do more. When mm -hmm. I, um, I just held a retreat in August at Menla mountain resort mm -hmm. for a group of therapists and more than half of the folks in attendance asked me to hold another retreat for them with their partners. Mm. Um, so this would be a group of therapists who are coming to do some visioning and bringing their partners because you can't really vision without including your significant other. Mm -hmm. um, so that retreat's probably coming. <laughs> We're already talking about planning it now. I'm but so um, but this is how things happen, right? Because, mm -hmm. because people have an experience and then they want more experience. And so they tell mm -hmm. you and guide you and say, this is the experience I want more of. Right. So, um, so yeah, I'm now in the process of planning that one. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. And I think you're bringing up something that's so important um, mm -hmm. because... The, so just in terms of, um, I see people, so sometimes people come to me and they don't even have a business, but they know they want to plan a retreat, um, mm. which is a hundred percent fine, but you've got to know why, okay. You have to know why you're planning a retreat and you have to know who you're planning it for. Yes. You have to know, or a workshop or a circle or a gathering, you know, you have to know why you are doing it and who you are doing it for and why it matters to them. The intention um, is so important. Yes, because the reality is if you don't know those things, you will not be able to sell. If you don't know spaces. those things, you're throwing it for yourself. Yes, yes. <laughs> and that's yes. okay. But own mm -hmm. that. Maybe even call that in and say, I'm throwing it for people like me who are looking mm -hmm. for Right. But, the, but then there, then that is your audience. And then that's the, that is the why, but, but getting really clear on that. Um, and I help people do that through, um, well, specifically for retreats, I help people do that, but you know, go on that journey of, okay, wh why do I want to do this? What is this really about for me, um, in those really deep ways? And then in those really broad practical ways, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's, you want to be a speaker, you want to be in the speaker circuit, but you need really awesome photographs of you speaking to a group of people. Well, awesome. So you can get that at your, the retreat you're planning. Um, you know, so there can be really practical reasons why planning retreats and workshops and gatherings is, um, going to be beneficial to you in your business. Um, but then there's also those, you know, deep in the gut, fire in the belly um, reasons. And, and both of them really kind of need to be there. And then the, the figuring out like that who and, and why they want to come and, and why it matters to them and why they're going to want to invest in this experience with you. And, and listening like you're doing, listening to your community, listening to what their needs are getting them excited about it. Um, almost, they're almost in some ways a co-creator, right? Oh, so much. They're, they're so telling much. you like, this is what I want. Um, and, you know, I think that, that the, that's when um, some of the most beautiful, beautiful work and experiences can happen. I so um, agree with you. I'm, I'm so, so excited, excited for what you're bringing into the world. Oh, Thank I just you. want more and more and more of you. <laughs> 
am, I have to tell you, Rebecca, I am like, I am, I'm on like daily fire with excitement. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yes. So Lizzie, where can our listeners find you? Where do you want them to find you? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, so they can find me at thebravegatherers.com. And there they can get connected to, you guys can get connected to um, our community of both new and seasoned gatherers. Access to our Brave Conversations interview series, which is going to be coming up, which I'm so excited about. And Rebecca is actually going to be a guest Um, but so one of my, you know, visions for this is to really have some beautiful conversations with people who are doing gathering work and really talking about like, you know, why you're doing this work, who you're doing it for, but then also, you know, what are some snags that you've hit and what are some of the craziest things that have happened and how can, you know, how can, um, new gatherers learn from, maybe mistakes you've made or challenges that you've had or, you know, things that didn't quite go as planned or ways that you think this is the key to, um, you know, having a successful sold out transformative event. Um, and so I'm really excited about that conversation series. There's really interesting, uh, and diverse group of people that I'm going to be, um, having some conversations with, um, and then some done for you and some DIY resources. Um, you know, I have a, so good. um, uh, what? It's, I just, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> Conjured um, Rob Bell there for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a, a readiness workbook where you can really, you know, go through and, and kind of really figure out like, am I ready for this kind of experience? Mm-hmm. Um, how do I get ready to start planning my first or my next or my first really successful, um, and you know, template kits and all that kind of goodness. Um, and then always, um, a monthly hand lettered art print. So, which, you know, is downloadable for your phone, for your tablet, um, which is printable for your wall. And then which is a social media graphic, um, because, you know, because this is because because I, <laughs> I love letters and I love words. And because this is how I tie my lettering into everything that I do, because mm-hmm. I have to. Yeah. So the bravegatherers.com. And then from there, you can find me. I'm a huge Instagram lover. So if you're super interested in um, my hand lettering, you can find me at this underscore unscripted underscore life. Uh, on Instagram. And that's my favorite place to, to share my lettering. And then you can also find me at um, retreatroadmap.com. And that's where you'll find um, my mini course and opportunities to do some one-on-one work, um, as well as access to the community. Thank you so much, Lizzie. We'll include all of your links in our show notes. So folks can just like, Go ahead and click on through. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you again for coming on and joining me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I love talking to you. I love your voice. I love your energy. I love your work. And I'm, I just feel so grateful to have been connected to you and for how like our relationship has um, evolved and unfolded and grown. And, um, and I'm just excited for this season in your <laughs> journey. Thank you. So, thank you so much for for having me. Oh, thank you for being with me. I I get so much out of every conversation that we have. So, thank you. You know, one of the things that I always think about when I think of Lizzie is that when we gather together, we rise together. And I love the conversations she's bringing into the world. She has an upcoming series called The Brave Conversations that I really encourage you to check out. There'll be a link in our show notes. While we're talking about community, if you're looking for support in cultivating a more sustainable business model, combating isolation, and integrating your story with all of your big visions of worldly and relationship transformation, then I've got something big in the works just for therapists and healers like you. It's the Connectfulness Method Mentorship Program for Therapists and Healers. It's a 22-week online program that starts just after Thanksgiving 
and culminates with an in-person retreat at the end of April 2018. I would love to have you join us. There's a link in the show notes that you can click to learn more and be one of the first to hear about it when it launches. We'd also love to have you join our free online community over at practiceofbeingseen.com slash community. And if you haven't yet, please do subscribe, rate, and review the show. It especially helps us if you leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I'd also love to hear your feedback about this episode and any other. Drop me a line over at practiceofbeingseen.com slash feedback. You've been listening to the Practice of Being Seen podcast, which is produced by me, Rebecca Wong, along with the support of my amazing behind-the-scenes team, Nicole Stevenson and Christy Hausler. Music by Chris Ferris, Jr. and Sr., produced by Kidney Stone Studio. We hope that you enjoyed the show and will join us next week for another episode of the Popscast brought to you by Connectfulness.